Welcome to the Healthy Life Podcast that doesn't hold back. We discuss all subjects from wellness, healthy eating and fitness. Stay tuned and follow our presenter Jenny Thornton and her guests on their different journeys through their own ways to getting healthy. Welcome to Healthy Life. It's great this morning to have a conversation with Bethan about yoga. How many years, Bethan, have you been doing yoga? Um, I've only, well, practicing for on and off for about 12 years. Um, I've been teaching for two years now and absolutely loving it. Coming, becoming a teacher has changed the way I practice completely and completely changed my outlook on life. Well, it's great for Roger and I to talk to you about yoga because it's not something I've actually done. I, I've heard about it and I know that it's so, so good for you. So can you give our listeners um, a little bit of a, a, a opener as to what you do in yoga? Yes, absolutely. So it's multifaceted. Um, at a very basic level, the asana practice that we do is exercise. So it comes with um, the benefits of exercise as well, the physical wellness, um, looking after your body in that respect. But we link in mental health as well. So it is learning not just to um, to do the gymnastic style poses, but strengthening your body and learning to completely relax and allow not only your body to relax, but your mind as well. So at the end of each class, we do the physical work to tire ourselves out. We have what we call a relaxation, which is normally 10 or 15 minutes long, where everybody lies in a pose called Chavasana, which is lying on their backs with their palms facing the sky and just working on releasing all um, attachment to body and sound and um, everything other than the breath, which just allows us to to focus really to to and release to release yeah to relax mm. our minds to not be thinking constantly and i think during covid when there's been a lot of stress and anxiety and people have had pent up emotions yoga is very beneficial absolutely yeah i think it gives you a different perspective on things um one of the things that um, rings true so much for me just about the philosophy behind yoga is um perceptions and also being able to remove yourself so um we did a class last night for example where during the meditation we were talking about stepping back from your emotions so take note of how you feel um in the present moment and then just step back and watch as if you're a third party um your emotional state what's causing your emotional state um what you can do to change your emotional state and the same with thoughts if you're having niggling thoughts and and thoughts that are constantly pestering you stepping back watching them as if you're watching a film and thinking how can i separate myself from, from these and how can i work on on thinking better thoughts or or resting allowing my mind to step away and and just have a break from that and you're quite busy in North Camp, aren't you, where we're sitting now? We're actually yes. in the snooker hall, which is a different sort of exercise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, how many um, followers do you have coming down to your classes? Um, it varies considerably and um, it seems to go up and down with things like you mentioned with uh, with COVID. Um, a lot more people started yoga during lockdown. So I switched from doing an in the hall practice to an online practice, which was far more popular than I'd ever imagined. But now it's starting to make more sense, you know, really that, that people needed that outlet. Um, our classes generally are about 10 to 12 people. 
Um, so they're nice small group classes. We've created a beautiful community. Um, we te I teach at the British Legion and they have a bar there. <laughs> so <laughs> although we promote a healthy lifestyle, we do occasionally stay for a glass of wine afterwards. And, um, and there've been some terrific friendships made as well, which I think is, is so lovely because it's more than just the yoga classes, it's it's creating that um, that sense of community as well. Is it a mixed range of ages? Um, yes, I certainly would promote a mixed range of ages. Um, my demographic naturally seems to be um, between 30 and 60. Mm -hmm. um, most of the people that come along are quite physically fit as well. I think it is quite a strong practice. I know there are a few yin teachers around um, in Farnborough. Um, I would say that Beginners are most welcome, um, but having that physical ability, you know, just to just to challenge yourself a little bit is definitely beneficial in, in the classes that I offer. Is it a thing that you have to do every week to see the benefits? Yes and no. Um, anything you do, you'll benefit from, but the more you practice, the more you will benefit. And do any men join in just in case Roger wants to pop down there? Yes, absolutely. We have a few men that come along to the classes as well. They are incredible. They they all come for their various reasons, as as do the women. Um, but yeah, very much part of the community. And um, and yeah, it, it traditionally yoga is actually was practiced by men. So it's quite a new thing that it seems to have developed this huge female following. Well, I think it's because we've had so much time on our hands lately. People are thinking, oh, how can I fill the time? And this is a perfect opportunity. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. And it works both ways. It fills the time when you don't when you do have a lot of time on your hands. And it is so important when you don't feel like you have a lot of time on your hands as well. If your work is really taking over, if life stresses are really taking over to be able to learn to meditate, to switch off, to relax um, is so important for all of our mental health. And what's been the general feedback from some of your customers that you've been dealing with? <laughs> the most common one is that I'm a normal person that teaches yoga. <laughs> that's good because it shows that you can relate really well to people. And that's why, as you've said, they stay around and have a glass of wine with you <laughs> when they can, because they obviously really enjoy your company. Yeah. And I, I think it's nice as well um, where it's it, it, it can be intimidating looking at a yoga teacher who is um, I mean, I, I have been some of these things, but, you know, is maybe vegan is so, so healthy, so fit, so energetic, so flexible that you, you think, how could I ever aspire to be like that? You know, what am I ever going to gain from going to a class with that person? So I think it is quite important to let people know that yoga is for everybody. And it is important to find the teacher that works for you as well. There are teachers out there, um, you know, who offer very different styles for me that cater for a very different demographic. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's lovely that it is for everybody. When you come for your first yoga tuition, what sort of thing should you wear? Um, anything comfortable. So as you can see what I'm wearing today, I'm not in the podcast, obviously, um, what you would wear to the gym, something that you would be able to work out in that's not restricting your movements in any way. So it could be tracksuit bottoms and a t-shirt. It could be leggings and a vest top. Um, the one thing I wouldn't recommend is um, it's very trendy to have those uh, large harem pants that uh, you often see yoga teachers wearing, they do get in the way when you're doing yoga. So something a bit more comfy and a bit more fitted. So is there anything that you could teach me and Jenny here? Tree pose is my absolute favourite. <laughs> Tree pose? Tree Explain pose. a little bit more. So you start off by standing with your feet together. So toes together, heels together. 
And then we start from the ground up. We pick our toes up, spread them out, and press them down into the ground. So we're really making a connection with the earth. One thing that over the years, um, human the human race seems to have lost is this connection with the ground. We're wearing soul-supporting trainers, we're wearing high heels, and we've lost that connection. So we make that connection. We then work our way up the body and... You've often probably often heard in exercise classes and perhaps yoga classes, don't ever lock your knees. And there's, um, there's arguments for and against. But one of the reasons um, that we soften our knees and then strengthen all the muscles around our knees is to protect our bodies. So you'll find if you do practice, you start standing on one leg. If you're pushing your knee back and you stand on that leg for a couple of minutes, it will start to hurt. Whereas if you have this softness and you create the strength in your muscles, these tiny little techniques that to anyone observing who hasn't done yoga looks like there's not much going on, you learn how to look after your body. And the benefits in later life are phenomenal. You think with each tiny little thing that we do, we can apply it in the way we move generally. Um, so then we, are, we continue working up the body, strengthening the muscles in the core, engaging everything, and then take one leg or your one foot and place it against either the ankle, the calf, or the thigh of the other leg. So that you're standing a bit like a flamingo, but with your knee out to the side. And then you bring your hands to a prayer position at your heart center and you keep strong and balanced and still. And the, um, the tree pose is said to help with patience because you are learning to control and to focus and to be still. And it requires so much concentration to maintain that balance, maintain the breath, maintain your focus that it's almost becomes meditative and allows your body or your mind to switch off everything else because you can't physically think about other things while you're thinking about standing on one leg. So little things like that, but that, that's my favourite and that's why. You're so right as well that in later life, if you've never learnt anything to be supple, if you do trip, you can go quite heavily down and make contact with the floor whereas if you've got that degree of suppleness and you understand the proposition of loosening uh, joint areas as opposed to panic and putting hands straight down then you can save yourself from a very nasty um, incident and potentially a break of a bone absolutely absolutely and a lot of people um, enjoy gardening in their retirement. And um, yoga is fantastic, <laughs> fantastic aid to gardening. I, I love a gardener myself, and I quite often find myself lunging for my vegetables to pull them out or reaching up to pick an apple. Or, you know, it, it helps so in so many ways. I'm a gardener. I get that. Yep. And also, I'm a dog walker. And, and that as well, if you're on the end of a lead, you're lunging and you're pulling and you're stretching. So if everything is nicely warmed up. So if you do yoga, does that mean that you don't have to do other stretches? Because I tend to do stretches in the morning and a little bit of meditation but I haven't really connected that to yoga. So people that do yoga, is your yoga your little tick box to set you up for the day? It varies. Um, so it depends on what style of yoga you go, you know, you do, which teacher you go to. Um, you could do it as your sole form of exercise because there are a lot of strength-based postures as well. If you combine hatha, which is very much strength and alignment based with vinyasa, which is very flowy, um, 
you you are getting a very well-rounded practice. Um, I would still recommend a little bit of um, resistance exercise. Perhaps even something like running is very complementary to yoga because most of what we do in yoga is about keeping our heart rate down. Mm. Um, and it is very important to, I suppose, to complement com- that with doing an exercise that um, increases. workout. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. Roger, what do you do? To keep yourself fit and healthy? Um, I've done a lot of, since the lockdown, I've done a lot of walking. So I'm doing the walking because I've never wanted to do the running. So I'm thinking, and I've also moved to this area. So it was an opportunity to see my area that I live in now, uh, which is Basingstoke. So I've been able to explore, but also see some great things, but also getting fit at the same time. And I've, I've lost a couple of pounds whilst doing this. Do, do you live uh, North Camp, Basingstoke? What area do you come from, Bethan? I live in North Camp and oh, I, I totally agree. Walking is the best way to discover the area. I've, um, I've lived here for a few years now. My husband's lived in, well, in and around the area all his life and I still have to give him directions just about everywhere for that very reason. Just getting out and, and getting in the fresh air. and yeah. They do say that there are people that will get the car out to go down the road and in the old days get a paper or I suppose now get a chocolate bar which is quite disappointing because you don't see and chat to people from your car, whereas if you're in a community, even with COVID, you don't have to stand right next to them. You can wave at them from across the road and ask, how are you doing? How is everything? Absolutely. Do you know, at the beginning of lockdown, when the air was so clean and the birds flocked back and the bees flocked back, I was was so... I was just so amazed by how clean and peaceful everything was that I sold my car. And um, and um, ever since, I thought it's just sitting on the driveway costing me money, so I got rid of it. And ever since, I have just even more, you know, seen the benefits of being outdoors and um, made friends with some new neighbours and um, and it's just been wonderful. And my son, I've got a son who's seven and he sometimes says to me, why are there so many cars around? I can, I can smell the horrible smell in the air and it's making it hard to breathe. And he said, why don't other people stop driving their cars? And I said, well, we can't make other people do anything, but what we can do is do our thing. And I think if everybody does their tiny little bit, not necessarily selling your car, because it's certainly not convenient for everybody, but if everybody does a little bit, we all contribute to really making the world a better place, which goes hand in hand with yoga, obviously. (laughs) You see, my walking has taken me 25 kilometres a week sometimes, where, you know, I do a little bit every single day and it just makes, you just feel great, you know, after it. You know, I completely uh, get lost when I go out. I have no set pattern where I'm going to go. I'm just like, okay, I'll take that path there or I'll take that wood there, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and that's that's how I do my walking. I find I get bizarre songs in my head and I don't know where they've come from. And I don't have a Fitbit and everybody seems to count steps now. So I decided on one of my walks recently, I would count my steps I got up to 6,000. <laughs> so I know that the the walk I do every day, which is up and down hills in the fuel allotment, is about 6,000 steps. And I pivot from one song to the next. And as you say, I'm looking at the wildlife. I'm looking at the squirrels. And sometimes I will have a deer run across in front of me. And that is such a beautiful bit of nature to just have that moment. Oh, Fantastic. So when, you, when you're doing this yoga, do you have any music on? Um, occasionally. Um, so 
on an online class, um, I have no need for music because I am so, so blessed. I have an enormous tree, um, which is not technically in my garden. It's in my neighbor's garden, but it's absolutely full of sparrows and starlings. And so it would just be it would just be terrible to, <laughs> to have music drowning them out. And I get so many compliments from the people who join the online classes that they can just hear these gorgeous little birds in the background. Um, I do have gentle music in the background when I do the, um, the classes in the hall, just to help create a nice atmosphere. Um, and then I also do classes outdoors in King George occasionally. And for those ones, again, we've got the sound of nature, so there's, there's just no need for music. We'll certainly get people to contact you in terms of coming to your classes. And if anybody is very, very shy, they can join a Zoom class first so that they can get uh, the idea of how it all works, how it all looks before they come down in person. Absolutely. And they can even turn their video off so nobody can see. <laughs> Although I would very much say take it very easy because um, the challenges for teaching somebody online for the first time is not really knowing their capabilities and their bodies. So um, I... It's certainly something that we could do, but I would I would implore anyone to get in touch and have a, a good old chat with me first. You seem very knowledgeable about it. You seem to have a great energy. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so I think if I was suggesting to anybody to come and learn yoga, I think you'd probably be a go-to for from having had a discussion with you today. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Jenny. So, Roger, when are you starting? <laughs> Next week. Perfect. <laughs> It's been brilliant, Bethany, and look forward to having some of your guys come across and meet them. That's brilliant. I'm hoping that they're waiting outside now. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to join the Healthy Life family, please subscribe and like our podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcast and Podbean. And remember to subscribe to stay fully up to date. So look out for our next podcast and do check our new website, buzzpodcasts.co.uk.